coaches, welcome to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. Before we get rolling, I would challenge you to go back and look at some of our older episodes. The podcast has been going around three years, not quite three years right now. If you go to some of our earlier episodes, we have Vance Wahlberg, Gene Durden, Heath Esslinger, um, Dr. Tim Elmore, some of my favorite episodes. Kevin Carroll was a great one. He's an assistant coach at Lipscomb. So go back and check out the old episodes. You'll probably find two or three that you missed and, and you, you'll enjoy. Uh, we've been blessed to have some great um, coaches from all levels of the game um, on the podcast. Also, the podcast is sponsored by Dr. Dish and United Basketball Plus. Reach out to Dr. Dish. Mention the podcast. Receive $300 off a shooting machine. Again, it's a great way for players to get up Get a workout that's efficient and effective and in 30 minutes or less. Also, UnitedBasketballPlus.com is a source for for basketball coaches of all levels. Check it out. Use the code CLINICS and receive an annual membership for $50. This membership also gets you 50% off all of our coaching clinics, including the Hoosier Gym Coaches Clinic, which we'll be announcing the lineup for that here shortly. Well, guys, I'm excited about today's guest, Mark Barakoff of Oklahoma City University, um, one of the most storied NAI programs in the country. He's going to talk hoops with us, leadership, culture, practice, dribble drive, and also competing in winning three straight national championships at Randall before he took the Oklahoma City job. All right, guys, let's get to the podcast. Coach, how you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to have you, and you know we're talking off the record. We've both got uh, you know you've got some family close by, so maybe one day we can hook up when you're in the uh, this Tennessee Northwest Georgia area. That is that is a definite thing that will happen. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make sure that happens now. Absolutely. Well, Coach, man, um, since your season's over and we're um, getting ready to talk about some things for coaches, as they're some coaches are taking new jobs, some coaches are looking at the job they're at, and Reevaluating, reevaluating how um, they can do some things, and we're going to be diving into building competitive culture. But before we get to that, talk a little bit about your background. We're going to dive into your national championships later in the podcast, but talk about what led you to Oklahoma City University and your background at Randall prior to that. Coach, I don't know if we have time for a full podcast for that. I, th- I think um, I-, I have taken a I wouldn't say an untraditional route, but I've taken a, a long route to get to where I am. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up in Whittier, California. Uh, on a side note, my brother is one of the best coaches in California at Pacifica Christian in Newport Beach. So he is the last remaining family member out there. Um, but I, I grew up in, in Whittier, um, played at Whittier Christian High School, um, played at Nebraska Christian College and decided uh, I wanted to get into coaching. And uh, I, I moved back home and uh, took the Sonora High School sophomore head coaching job, which sophomore job is not the JV job and it's not the freshman job. So you know what that <laughs> job is. And, um, and the second I took that job, I fell in love with it and I knew coaching is what I wanted to do. Um, I, I didn't grow in terms of my coaching. I didn't grow up going to clinics. Uh, my clinic was I coached in the famous Los Angeles Rockfish Spring League in the uh, 1996 through 99, 2000 era. It was the top spring league in the country. And my clinic was every Saturday and Sunday, 
coaching two games and sitting on the sideline doing the scorebook and watching these Los Angeles AAU legends coach. And AAU, uh, you know, was so much different back then. Um, you know, if you were on an AAU team, you were really good. And it wasn't like it is now where it seems like everybody's on an AAU team. So my clinic was every Saturday and Sunday at Los Angeles City College. And um, with Dave Benezer, who's my mentor, was the head of the Los Angeles Rockfish program. And I would just sit there and soak it all in. I had no clue what I was doing, but he gave me a team and I coached. And um, I kind of used the Los Angeles Rockfish Spring League as a catapult. Um, so from the Sonora High School, I took a varsity job. Um, two years later, we were in this Southern California championship game. And then took another high school job and uh, that led to another job. And then I got into college coaching, which um, I, I coached as a volunteer at Louisiana tech. And then I got a Juco job at Hill college in Texas. Okay. At Texas state as an operations guy. And then, which led me to Hillsdale Baptist, which is now Randall to Oklahoma city. So I, I, and I coached slam ball, the, the basketball and trampolines. I don't know if nice. you've seen that. Yeah. I remember that. And then I did is this, a is, is, sorry, is slam ball still uh is still it, making it's, it? Is it? It's it's been gone for a long time, I but thought it, it, is, had. it yeah. is coming back. Okay. So if you have any slam ball fans out there, it is uh, <laughs> just just wait, it's coming back. But absolutely um I, I think in my coaching I've done I even coached in a pro league that you know um that folded like five months in with my best friend Hernando Planels. Um, oh, I know the Hernando been on a couple of times, been, spoke at our clinics a couple of yeah, times. Well, he's, he's my best friend in the Love world. Love Hernando. That's like a brother to me. Yeah, that's cool. So, I mean, I've, I've done just about everything there is to do with coaching. So um, that was a quick version of my coaching career. And um, you could ask anything you want from there. I, I, I tell my assistants all the time, I never ask them to do anything that I haven't done. And I've literally done everything there is to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you've coached uh, spring leagues, a little pro basketball, ops guy in Texas, California, sophomore team, and now you have your own program. You're, you're the head guy. Um, when you're looking at a player, because you've been around lots of levels of players and types of kids, what are outside of being a real good basketball player and size and wings? Obviously, the physical. What are some of the intangibles and things you look for that you know may not be measured physically, but what you look for in a player that you want to have as part of your program in Oklahoma? So I'll go back a little bit. I, I was very fortunate. Um, I coached at ABCD camp when Sonny Vaccaro was running yep. it. But before that, with Dave Benezer, they ran a recruiting service called Recruiting USA, and it was tied in with ESPN. And Mark Mayamura and Dave Benezra. Mark Mayamura has has passed about I want to say eight nine years ago of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. He was th those two guys were I was as close to them in the world of coaching as, as as anybody. But they took me to ABCD into the Nike All American camp and taught me how to evaluate players. And they basically threw me out there as a guy that had no really I mean I know basketball I knew basketball. But to evaluate players in a setting like that instantly got me hooked on what I'm looking for. So to your your question, um, I recruit for what we do. Um, I was always taught by Dave and Mark that your eyes and what you feel, don't let anybody persuade you differently. Okay. Uh, if you see something you like, that's what you like. Just because a scouting service says something about a kid, if you feel differently – 
then feel differently about that kid. And and I, I remember always having dinner after the spring leagues, we'd always go to Chinese restaurants in downtown LA mm-hmm. and he would say, so this player was a highly recruited player. What do you think? And I'd be like, I really didn't like him that much. And he goes, good. So why? So I, I've been as an early age in my coaching career, I was able to evaluate quickly, quickly of what I want and what I like. So to Oklahoma city university, we run the dribble drive. It's no secret what we do. I've done it forever. I did it at Randall University. I look for kids that um, can shoot, have a mid-range jumper, and can finish at the rim. That that's the that, that's the easy thing to look for. I also look for kids that are going to fit with the kids that are in my program currently. It's it's one thing to go find a very talented kid, but if he's not going to fit with the guys that you have currently, then there's no point in recruiting him. And I and and I allow my guys to make decisions in the recruiting process. If if they don't like someone, we're not going to bring him in, no matter how talented he is. But so long story short, I look for what fits that what we do. I, I don't try to find a kid and say, I think we can make him work in our system. Okay. I look for a kid that's going to fit exactly for what we do and what fits for our program. So that that's, uh, if you want me to, I don't know how to more go in more detail of that, but um, I'm very picky. Um, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Um, body language is big, how they interact with their coaches, how they are with their teammates. I watch them, um, after the game, how they are with their parents. Mm -hmm. I watch their parents in the stands. Um, I watch how they walk through the gym with their teammates. Like all that stuff is big for me because that all translates to how they're going to be with, with, when they get with me as a freshman. Um, and in today's day and age, uh, little things can sway you one way or the other. And I, and I'm big on, I'm big on culture and, and, and on that stuff. Hopefully that answers no, what you're looking for. Absolutely. It, you know, multiple coaches that, uh, I've talked to have mentioned how they watch interaction with parents after a game or siblings. I also watch the parents. And it's sad to to think and know that some kids have lost an opportunity based on potentially parents or some have gained an opportunity based on parents as well. So it, it goes both ways. We always think yeah, about negative, yeah. but it, it's positive. And have you had to ever, you know, you've lost interest in a kid or moved on based on behavior on social media? I mean, how I'm nowadays you have to focus on that, but is that you track that pretty carefully once you kind of lock on a kid? I'm, my assistants, Garrett White, Eli Burke, John Roby, are huge on Twitter. And they they taught me this thing. You could go to their likes yeah. on Twitter. Not what they're posting, what they're liking. And, yes, especially when I was at Randall, um, a Christian university that was really high on those values, and I was also. If you go to the likes, we, we had, I mean, I want to say a handful of kids that we loved. Great kids. And then you go to their social media and you click on their likes and you see the things they're liking. And it's like, yeah. that tells me everything I need to know. Yeah. Uh, I even taught a class at Randall, a freshman orientation class about, about Twitter and social media. And it's like, you got to be very careful with that stuff. And now it's such a fine line with recruiting and your job, mm-hmm. your, your job um, on the line with kids. Yep. You know, not that because they're liking that stuff, they're, they're going to cause you problems when they get into the program. It's just, it's, it's like, if there's two kids that look the same to me 
and one is really good on social media and one is not, I'm going with the kid that doesn't cause problems on social media. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's just who I am. I don't know if anybody else does that. I mean, I'm sure people do, but yes, I look at social media very carefully. Uh, our, you know, a division one friend of mine, we were talking, it's been years ago. I mean, Twitter wasn't nearly as, nearly as big in social media. And he talked about how, when they're recruiting a kid, like all the coaches will sit in a room, they'll pull it up on the big screen and they'll go through it together and where they can say, Hey, yep. man, let's, let's move on from this, this guy. But, and also it's a great time to educate kids and say, Hey, you might want to, you might just want to uh, burn this account and deactivate and start fresh. I mean, there's a time well, for that. And I, yeah, I tell and coach, them, yeah. And coach, here's the thing. Um, the, the portal, you can have your opinion one way or on the other on it. But if you're a high school senior or junior, what is going to separate you from everybody else? And if, if social media is one of those things, then you need to be very careful because the portal is, it, I don't want to say killing high school kids. It's helping me. Right. I mean, I have the best freshman in the country because of the portal. Avery Jackson, um, we just found out had the 28th best year in 36 years of, of Oklahoma City NAI basketball. Oklahoma City used to be a D1 program. I get Avery because of the portal. Yeah. Um, now Avery White liked our school, and I think we did a good job recruiting him. But you know, there's like there's there's a few things out there. The 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 portal is hurting high school kids. So like you've got to do everything in your power to not hurt yourself. Right. And if social media is one of those things. Like. If it means that much to you, you'll be very careful on social media. Yeah, and that's where, again, we can move from this topic. But you know, parents have to step in and be parents. Coaches have to try to educate. If parents aren't there, like we, as you know, it's you know, people can lose something based on whether right or wrong, agree, disagree. It really doesn't yep. matter. It's how the rule works. Yep. Based on something yep. they posted when they were fourteen. Yeah. Right. And again, we can talk about. But it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. It's how life. It's where life is. Yeah. Um, so, so at Randall, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, man, three national championships, and I believe in a row. Correct. And yeah. you had a and you had a runner up. Yeah. So we we played. We we lost the we lost the first one and then won three in a row. Wow. So I mean, obviously super talented, great staff, but. Three in a row is unheard of. I don't care what level you're at. I mean, <laughs> seriously, JV teams aren't winning three city championships in a row. Colleges, I mean, when's the last time we had a D1 back-to-back? Uh, -back? Was it Florida? Florida, yeah, Florida. So, you know, talk about that program, how special it was, and what it, how did you keep that level of excellence for technical? I'll throw in that your previous year. Four straight years you played the national championship game, and you walked away with three. So, yeah, so <laughs> – what it was a special place. Number one, I I, lo I loved my time at Randall University. I, I loved working for President Eaton, Dr. Brazier. Um, their vision for what we wanted to do was incredible. Um, I, I won't lie to you; we got very lucky in terms of some of the guys that we brought in. I'll, I'll tell you a great story, and then we can talk about all that other stuff. Trace Need probably will go down as one of the two best players ever at that level, and he walked into our gym with two of his buddies that we were actually trying to get. I didn't know who Trey Sneed was. Um, and I watched this kid. I'm like, okay, yeah, I would love to have this kid in our program. He's really good. Yeah. Well, you know, Trey kind of committed, he committed to us at, a, at an all-star game that he wasn't playing in. Well, Trey ended up playing in four national title games. He was the national player three years in a row, 
region player of the year three years in a row, all-time leading scorer, all-time everything. So we got lucky in some things. Um, but no, Randall Randall was very special. Um, we actually played in, I want to say I was there nine years. We played in eight region championship games in a row. We got upset in the ninth one. Um, we we just had kids that bought in, um, that, that bought into that. We, we really recruited kids that were overlooked. Okay. That didn't get like, we had kids that should have been playing D2 basketball, NAIA basketball, but some, for some reason they didn't get recruited and I swooped in and, and took them and we ran a system, the, the dribble drive and European quick hitters that worked. And I, I want to say we changed the NCCA landscape of, of offense. I mean, we were one of the only teams really running the dribble drive mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden everybody else started doing it, but to play in four straight national title games. And, and the, the one that I'll always remember is we were actually going for our fifth, our fourth straight national title. And in the quarterfinals, we got upset by, by a really good team out of uh, Maranatha. Um, but it, it was a, it was great kids. Parental support was great. Dr. Brazier, President Eaton were awesome. Um, it was one of the greatest times of my life. The, the kids were so incredible to coach. My staff was good. Um, so it was, it was awesome. I mean, I'll never, I'll cherish those memories forever. I I don't care. It doesn't matter what level you are. And I I always try to tell people, it's like, it doesn't matter what level to win a championship is winning a championship. You got to, to cut a net down. Not many people get to cut nets Mm -hmm. down and and we got to do it three times. And my daughter, my daughter got to do it with us. That's cool. Um, it, It was awesome. Yeah. That that's special. That, that really is. And so, from Randall, you went directly to Oklahoma City, correct? Right. So what right. was the draw to, you know, again, you know, go to a bigger program potentially, but like what was the draw for to, to Oklahoma City? Again, I've never been to Oklahoma. Have, I've had <laughs> friends there over the years, had some friends who coached at other small colleges in the state. But, you know, um, what was the draw there to pull you away from, from Randall and, and what you guys had, had accomplished there? You know, as a California kid, um, you move to Oklahoma and you don't – well, I was lived in Texas, and then you you come to Oklahoma and you don't know – I didn't know much about Oklahoma sports other than, you know, the Sooners. And, um, but Oklahoma City is the most famous NEI program in the country. Uh, most national titles in NEI basketball. Used to be a Division One program. Had seven NBA players. Uh, beautiful Abe Lemons Arena. Abe Lemons is a is a – is a historic coach in, 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 in college basketball. Um, one of my close friends, Vinay Patel ended up being the coach for three or four years there. And it was never, it was never something that like, I'm going to leave Randall. But I always said to myself, if Oklahoma city university ever came open, that was a job that I would definitely want regardless. And when it came, it, it came open, I was like, this is a job I cannot pass up. Um, no matter how much I loved Randall, loved the mission, loved the people, um, Oklahoma City is special. Um, the, the historical, the his, the history behind Oklahoma City University, there, there's there's nothing like it. Um, I, I've it, it's every day somebody brings up something new about Oklahoma City University basketball. Everybody knows the program. The arena is beautiful. Um, the winning is is historic. And um, that was the draw. 
Um, I love where the campus is located. It's a beautiful campus. My daughter. So, I mean, backstory to this, my daughter graduated just this last year from Oklahoma state. She's going to go to Oklahoma state, uh, the vet program. Um, my wife is from Bethany, Oklahoma. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was always one of these things, unless one of my buddies got a really good D1 job and they wanted me to go with them. I wasn't going to go back to D1. Um, I love Oklahoma City University. I mean, there, to be at the most famous program in the country, that I'm, I'm so honored to be that coach. Um, so that was the draw. Yeah, I think on the website I saw something about like 72 national championships or something like that. Is that is that right for the all? Yeah, we we have combined. Yeah, 72 national championships. We have the all time, regardless of level, all time winning as softball coach. We had one of the all time winning as baseball coaches. We have Olympic athletes in our track program. Um, the athletic program is nothing like I've ever seen. Uh, you walk into our arena and there's 72 red NAI banners hanging up. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, Talk about intimidating. Eight, eight lemons on your court. Come yeah. on now. Wow. So that was the draw. Uh, that's special. Well, let, let's talk about how to build competitiveness. I mean, obviously you recruit kids, you compete, you want championships. You're at the, most story program in NII history um, in a great state that loves athletics and, and loves yep. their sports. So again, I, when I, I look now and again, I'm a high school coach, but sometimes I'm like, is this kid going to be a good basketball? But no, they're a competitor. I see them competing football or baseball. And I'm like, this kid competes. And yes, we can, we can make him what we want basketball wise. Cause I, I mean, obviously you can recruit. We're at a different level here, but sure. You know, I, what do you do? I mean, obviously you recruit kids like that, but what do you do? Because dribble drive to me always is like just this like hard nose, get downhill, physical, not shower physicality, not a finesse style necessarily. Um, so anyway, talk about competitiveness, what that means to you and how you kind of keep that as a part of your program. United Basketball Plus is your doorway to all things basketball. If you desire to go further, faster as a coach and leader, if you want to maximize your team's potential, or if you simply just want to be a student of basketball, United Basketball Plus is the resource to take you to the next level in your basketball journey. As a member, you will have access to some of the greatest minds in basketball today. The in-depth videos provided by these coaches and basketball experts will help make difficult concepts simple to understand and teach. With your membership, you will have access to video playbooks, sports psychology, fast model playbooks, skill development, speed agility, and various other United Basketball Clinic videos. Your annual membership also includes access to our 2021 United Basketball Clinics, as well as discounts to attend future basketball clinics. The best way to find out all we have to offer is to visit us at unitedbasketballplus.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, so high school, so for high school coaches out there, I, um, I love two sport athletes. I love, I mean, I played football in high school. My dad, my dad played college football at UCLA. My, I love two sport athletes. I even love three sport athletes. Um, so for high school coaches, I, I, I just look for competitive kids. It didn't regard, I didn't, sometimes I didn't care if they were good at basketball, but did they yeah. play really hard? Mm -hmm. And then you figure them out after that. Uh, I think a lot of coaches are so concerned with like, oh, they're playing football. Am I going to get them in time? No. Let them go enjoy playing football. When right. you get them, like take that competitiveness from the football field to the bait to the basketball court. Um, but yes, in, in terms of college, you know, you get to recruit. 
you, you, you get to find which kids are competitive, which kids are not. We recruit competitive kids, kids that have a real hunger for, for competition and, and want to be challenged. And in, in our system, I mean, I, I tell everybody, we, if, if you're a walk-on or a full scholarship guy, we treat everybody the same. We expect you to play as hard as possible. And we, we demand that. Um, our culture is that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, for a college coaches, I recruit kids that are competitive. Sometimes, you know, you go to these AAU events and everybody's looking for the kid that's scoring. Um, I'm looking for the kid that's competitive and, and it means something to him. Um, I, I, I coached uh, this last summer with an EYBL team and uh, we had a point guard, uh, Dayton Forsyth, who's getting recruited just by about everybody in the country. But the one thing that, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever get him in terms of at, at Oklahoma City. But after our Elite Eight loss at Peach Jam, he was crying. And that tells me that is a competitive kid mm-hmm. where, like, it means something to him. That's what I look for. Like, hey, you, you got to be – you got to really be careful with AAU because there's so many teams and so yeah. many kids out there. But I look for the kids that are competitive. Like, I ask AAU coaches, are they competitive? Does it mean something to them? And if the coach says, no, nah, you know, they're just doing this because it's, you know, they're, they're supposed to be playing AAU. And I want him to say, man, I we've got a kid. Every game means something to him, regardless if it's a, a pool play game back in the way back gym. Yeah. Like sometimes you can find sleepers back there. Like they're playing at 9 a.m. in a pool play game in court six way back somewhere. And no one's there. And they don't have any idea that a college coach is there and they're playing like it's the world championship right. game, game seven. I like those type of kids. I, I, so I, hopefully I'm answering what you're yeah. wanting. Well, I think there's a, a story. I can't remember. It, it was a, a kid who wasn't being recruited very highly. I have to go back and research it. But I think it was like Coach Cal or someone like that was watching like a 9 a.m. game. And this dude was Ding up full court and going hard. It's like it's not no one goes hard in AU at 9 a.m. You may have four games that day. You're playing 12 games over the week, you know. And <laughs> it just it it um caught their attention and they fought him a little, followed him a little bit, and he wound up uh you know playing division one basketball. And someone listening it probably rings a bell who that was, but I I remember that. So what what is what are your practices like? I mean, how do you, again, how competitive are your practices? You score everything. Is it physical? Is it like, what? what's a Coach Barakoff practice look like? So if you talk to my players, our, I, I think our practices are really good. I think they might be in the sense I am very, um, I, I hate to use the word boring, but we do what we do. We don't yeah. deviate. I, I think, if there's young coaches out there, don't put drills in that they look good because you saw them on YouTube. And if it doesn't work with what your team is, don't do them. We do what we do. We, we are very um, – it, it, we, we shoot certain shots. We, we break down bigs and guards. We work this defensively. Everything we do ties into what we do. We don't mm-hmm. throw – very rarely do we throw new drills in there. Yep. And it's funny – if, if you historically would watch my practices and chart them, when we throw new drills in there, our guys are terrible. <laughs> it's, we do the same stuff yeah. over and over. Yes, we we like to keep a score on everything we do to make it competitive. Um, very early on, we do a lot of competitive stuff. I think if there's one knock on me that I don't do enough five-on-five full court, um, and, and, and I'd like to change that in terms of my coaching, but we do a lot of stuff – that we do in a game. We, we don't do anything outside of what we do. Um, 
everything in terms of skill development, bigs, guards, defensive drills, offensive work, fast break drills, is everything that we do in a game. We, we don't deviate anything from that. But, yes, things are very competitive. Um, I don't care if you're a walk-on or a full boat scholarship guy. We want you getting in there and competing and challenging and making the big shot. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I teach, and I and I talked about this in recruiting, it's not a big secret. I don't want kids ever to look at me when they take a shot and look at the and look at me and say, "Was that a good shot or a bad shot?" Right. Because the way I found, and you know, you go back to the Randall days, winning national championships. I want kids taking big shots and not worrying about what I think about it. And then when you have that stress off of your shoulders. My coach is cool with me taking this shot. I'm going to knock this shot down. Mm-hmm. But we, we start with that in practice, though. Very, I, I don't know if I've ever got mad at a kid for a bad shot. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just my philosophy. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the right philosophy. I, I sometimes have to live with some very questionable things on the offensive end. But I also want them to be able to feel free. I, I don't like my point guard looking at me. Yeah, What are we running? And I have to call out a thing. I want him to make the decision. Like this year – Drayvon Claiborne, our senior point guard, I would call out a play and he would change it because he felt during the game he saw something different. But that comes from back to what we're talking about in practice. Um, I hope that answers your question in terms of what we do. Well, um, I think that the good thing about that is you have a why for everything you do because some coaches, um, it's just kind of a a hodgepodge. Of, and again, I'm thinking the high school level, we see stuff done online, we watch it, we go to a clinic, and we, and, but it's like, this doesn't correlate to my team, and it looked really good when so-and-so did it, but you need to know why are you doing it? How is this transferred to a game? So let me. So this might, <laughs> this might be really bad. Clinics are really good. Yep. But the problem with clinics are these coaches are giving you what works in their program with their guys. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to go to um, Dusty May's clinic with Florida Atlantic, who I worked with at La Tech, Dusty's a great guy. But the thing something that Dusty's doing with his guys, if he goes to a clinic after this season, might not work with my guys. Right. And I and I think people get so t- sometimes I don't think I think clinics are great. But sometimes you go to these clinics and you're like, wow, Calipari's doing this. Yeah. Wow, I've got to do that. But Calipari, I don't have Calipari's players, yep. and that might not work. Right. That, that's why it's like watch, go to the clinic and, and take pieces of that and say, wow, that might work with my guy, but that definitely won't. But right. this might work at 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 someone at at Gordon Lee High School. Right. Yeah. But it's well, not going to work at Oklahoma work. City. This, this may work, but just is the time. But, yeah, you're right. When you have the high level guys come in and they've got a six, five point guard. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even have a post to six, five. Right. You're right. You have to take everything with context at clinics or whether you're even if you're watching a, a DVD or a championship video. Right. You have to take it all within context of, OK, what is my personnel like? Is this applicable or do I just file this away? And maybe one day I'll get those dudes who can do it. But, you yeah, know. It, it's good to have like it, it's good to have that stuff again. Please, whoever's out there, I'm not saying don't go to clinics. <laughs> I'm saying go to all the clinics, but just you need to make sure you're watching that saying, what does work with my team? I'm at a very good school with really good players. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work for us. I yeah. watch a lot of I'm, I'm a I'm a big member, member of Slapping Glass. Yep. Um, I love the stuff they put out there. I watch a ton of their film, but there's like things that I look at and go like, like, I would love to run that. But 
that's not going to work for me. I watch yep. a lot of your quick hitters that you put out. Yeah, I take a lot of that stuff and then I I look at them like, okay, that'll work. Yeah. That won't work. I don't have the guy that could do that. Yeah. Um, but that's why I'm saying, like, in my terms of my practices, I do what I do, what fits our program. Even when I was at the high school level, I, I was at some programs that I was at one program that wasn't very good, but I figured out what worked for us. And we worked on that all the time and we never deviated from that. And, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of my guys would probably say, yeah, Coach Barakoff's practices are pretty boring, but we do what we do. And I, and I just don't, I don't deviate from that. Maybe that's because I've been in the business for 30 plus years. I don't know. Well, you've been there for three decades, you know, what works, you know, what doesn't work. And and you know your personality. Yeah. Some coaches have got to constantly be throwing new drills out there just because that's how they're wired, right? And good or bad, you know, they'll, they'll, how the team reacts, I guess, the judge of that. But, you know, you're regimented. You want the guys to know, here's what we're doing. I want to master this, right? Yep. You know, if you keep throwing stuff, you know, like we start practice relatively the same way the first six weeks or so. And then we'll, but, and then the next towards the end, we'll mix it up a little, but for the most part, it's still the same stuff that was going to come up in practice. It's just the order, you know, because yeah, yeah, high, high school kids, I feel like you need to mix it up a little bit. Um, let's I, talk- let me tell you a story. High school kids are incredibly awesome. And I did a, uh, um, this is really off topic, but I was at a school in Rolla, Kansas, incredibly small school. It, it was so hilarious because, and this is way off topic, but I have to tell the story. I, I said to my assistant before the practice, I said, we're going to walk in the gym. We're going to sit down. When the horn goes off, we're just going to sit there and we're going to see what our kids do. Uh-huh. We sat there for an hour and they just free shot. <laughs> it was like, so after an hour, I said, guys, the horn went off. They're like, but coach, you never said like, let's meet in the middle <laughs> circle because that's what we do every single day. And you uh-huh. were just sitting there. And, and it got me thinking, it was like, kids are so, so used to like a, a pattern of what you yeah. do. These kids, like it, the horn went off and for an hour, they just kept, they just messed around and were shooting shots and trying to dunk. And after an hour, I'm like, guys, what's wrong? They're like, coach, normally when that horn goes off, you're like immediately to the center yeah. circle. And we're putting our hands in and then we're going to this. So it got me really thinking like. Uh, you know, kids are so like into details and like they have a pattern and like when they're so used to that stuff, I, I totally off topic, but it just made me realize. No, that's well, I mean, we're creatures of habit and it's, it's like some teachers start class the same way every day. And some pastors <laughs> yeah. start their sermon with a, you know, yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to talk for just a second and just ask yeah. you, are there any tweaks? To, Cause I mean, people think dribble drive, cow, Vance Wahlberg, these guys, and it's obviously evolved over the years. Are you like a traditional dribble drive guy? Have you put some tweaks on there? Like, what do you, what kind of makes your dribble drive special, would you say, or unique? Um, yes, the basis of this is, is Calipari. I mean, like the, like when he was at Memphis, more so mm-hmm. Memphis, his Memphis days. Um, We've really, we have, I have a seven foot one um, Australian center who was a freshman. And so we had to kind of change a little bit of what we were doing. Now I'm not going to give the secret away. We are going to change what we're doing next year um, to something a little bit different, but yes, in in terms of the general dribble drive, yes, it is Calipari from the Memphis days. Um, You know, in terms of being special, I don't watch a lot of NBA 
I watch a lot of college, but I really watch, and, and this might be giving my secret away. I watch a ton of European basketball. Yeah, I think it's the best. It's the it's fluid. It's, the best, it's yeah. It's the best quick hitters. It's the best coach. Mm-hmm. They are thinking outside the box. We run a ton of European quick hitters. So we really try to go what quick hitters will work with our dribble drive, and we run a lot out of that. Okay. Um, I will say this. Today I we have a guy that is incredibly smart. I just met him with analytics, and he broke down about 2,000 clips from the last two years at Oklahoma City. And uh, as a head coach, he really he really made me start to think about a lot mm. of stuff that we are not very good at. Okay. Um, he really broke it down thoroughly and, and really put me in my place in terms of things that I've been doing that I need to change. Um, so I am big on analytics. I am big on a lot of that stuff. I, I've, I've kind of um, dived kind of into the analytics side of things. But, I mean, back to your original question, yes, it is, it is the Calipari Memphis dribble drive that he started. I, we, we watched the video on him and loved it. And I had an assistant, Matthew Mossman, that kind of, kind of made me change my opinion on what we were doing yeah. and he put it in and he's now he's successful assistant coach at central Oklahoma, but um, yeah, Van, yeah, Vince Wall basis Van, is the Calipari. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coach Wahlberg uh, actually came to the clinic. I do it in Indiana the first or second year and did his dribble drive and his, his pressing system, which was pretty cool to have him there. Yeah. Um, and I, and just getting him alone to tell some like behind the scenes stories was maybe the best hour of basketball in my life. <laughs> I mean, the man has stories that are, that are, uh, insane. So what do you guys do, um, defensively? <laughs> so anybody that knows me, defense is like the last thing on my list. Uh, <laughs> I always think if you outscore the, the, the team, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna win. Um, we are primarily man. We don't allow drive middle. Um, we switch everything. That's no secret. I'm not giving any secrets away of what we do. Um, I, I think, you know, again, I had this guy come in and was analytically breaking it down. We were like 97% man the last two years. Okay. Um, that's thousands of possessions. Um, we, we switch everything one through four, uh, with, with our, with our current center, big Jack, we, we can't switch with Jack. Um, we switch everything. We don't allow drive middle. That's just the basis of what we do. We don't okay. press. I'm not a big press guy. Okay. Uh, in, in our conference, we have really good guards, so it's really hard to press. Um, okay. But, yeah, that we, we don't do anything really out, outside the box defensively. Um, very rarely do we play a zone. Uh, I think being at the D1 level, play, I used to play a lot of zone, and then you go D1, and it's like every time a guy hits a three, it's like, why are we in zone? We go back yeah. to man. So like, they, hit, they hit one three, they shot you out of it. <laughs> yeah, I think PSD is like, it's like I, we yeah. try that. I'm like, why are we going zone? But uh, yeah. I have a really good defensive guy, Eli Burke, who I brought in this year. He's done a really good job. and um, But we're always trying to tweak things. This is probably the first offseason that we're really looking at what we do defensively. And we will, I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do, um, but we're going to change some of the stuff we do defensively. Okay. And um, man, you're, you're going to have to watch all your, find your games next year. You've got us hanging on for all these teasers, man. We, no, I get it. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. We do, I'll just say this. We talked to a big 10 coach a couple of days ago. Okay. My brother and I are friends with the guy and it looks like we are going to do um, 
we, we're going to do some different things defensively, which will be exciting for us and, and probably for my guys because we just we really do what we do, and this will yeah, be a mix it up. They'll come like, yeah, "Whoa, we're going to mix it coach? up, coach." Yeah, what, what happened? What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing, Derek? <laughs> Well, good. So, well, Coach, man, uh, we covered a ton of topics here. Thanks a lot for coming on. I, I really appreciate it, and I and I hope that uh, yeah, you're down this area in the next few months, and we can sit down and grab a bite together and talk some talk some hoops, and you know, check out this uh, beautiful area around Chattanooga. Yeah, and, and now listen, whoever's listening to the podcast, I mean, I know you get a lot of your anybody wants to get a hold of me, they can email me, they can get me on Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm always willing to talk with young coaches. I'm always willing to learn. I, I find that even though I've been in this business a long time, I learn something new every single day. Yeah. Um, basketball is such a an incredible game, and there's so many awesome people coaching it. And um, ask me anything. It, it, you, I, I would love to talk. And you have any players out there that you think would be a good fit for us? That would be awesome too. And 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 I listen to these podcasts all the time because there's there's a lot of stuff you guys that are doing that are incredible. So I, it's an honor to be on. I appreciate you even asking me. And um, I, I'm trying to learn every day and just doing these podcasts. I learn listening to you. So thank yeah, you very well, much. I appreciate it. We're blessed to have some uh, really great coaches from from every level. I mean, I've had from middle school, high school, college to the pros to European. So that's I just want to talk to basketball people, basketball minds and selfishly for my own pro i mean like it's like if nobody listened i just had a good one-on-one conversation now a ton of people will listen but it's like i just had a great one-on-one conversation with you to ask you anything i want about basketball dribble drive competitiveness leadership so it was great well i hope uh enjoy the off season what's the weather like in uh oklahoma city right now it's so it's weird it's it's 66 degrees right now and i talked to my brother who's in orange county california and it's 56 there um, so I, we're getting into that spring weird, yeah. I, I'm, as a California guy, I take an earthquake any day and you know, we're getting into tornado season now. And, uh, Man, we had, yeah, we, we had some tornadoes not far away. You know, I never realized cause I, I grew up in middle Georgia. Like we never really, it was flat. And then I move up here and we've had, you, were your parents living in that area when they had the tornadoes close no. by? No, but um, you, you can neighbors, still see the remnants of it. Yes, no, it is. You could still see it, and it went right by their property. Yeah, there, I could still see some of the damage. Right, went right by their property. Yeah, I mean, I've had. I mean, that I'm mean, a few years ago or seven or eight years ago, uh, another town close by was leveled by tornadoes. Um, and uh, but yeah, but yeah, it's been the this it was golf weather today, so I was I was glad to be outside. Yeah, and, and let me say this: hey, recruits out there, you're usually gone at this time when tornado season happens, so you'll never even have to be around the. Tornado. Yeah, <laughs> make that plug right. <laughs> you, you're out. <laughs> All right, coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Unless they connected for sure. Oh, please, please, and, and again, anybody out there that wants to talk, just find me. I, I'll talk mention, to anybody. Uh, you may have mentioned it a minute ago, but just mention your Twitter handle or whatever. The best way to get a hold of you. It's You're it's right. at Coach Barakoff. B E R O K O F F. All right, so sounds good. Coach Barakoff. All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. You're awesome, man. You guys, what a great thing you're doing. I really, I love it. Thank you.